One time when I was much younger, I decided to run away from my problems. I thought it would be smart to uh, take a backpack with one of my best buddies and head down a train track to escape the craziness of the world. At the time, the craziness of the world was 9-11. And it seemed like after 9-11 that uh, there was a lot of uncertainty that that everything was going to crash around us and the, the very lives that we lived were going to be over. So I decided, hey, th- take my buddy and we're going to throw a backpack on, put some energy bars in our bags and some water and walk down a train track. And that's when we almost got hit by a train. I brought my buddy. His name is Bernie and he's going to be on the podcast today. Bernie and I have kept in touch since then for 21 years He's one of my best friends in the world, and the dude is so smart. I could call this guy if I ever need advice or just need to talk or need to chat about something. He always gives me that sound advice that I need. And it occurred to me recently when I was at his house, I was like, man, not everybody in the world has a Bernie like I do. I feel lucky that I could just call him and get some advice, but not everybody has that. So I thought I'll bring him on the podcast and he could help me kind of dive into some of these questions from you guys, which I get from you if you email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. So Bernie and I are going to talk about some of our stories, our misadventures in life. We're going to answer some of your questions, and I think it's going to be a really good show. I want to give some shout outs like I always do. This first one goes to Tyler Claxton in Ontario. Thank you, buddy. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, This next one goes out to Dakota, and he is turning 13 years old from Freedom, Wisconsin. What's up, Dakota? Uh, Shout out to Lee Kaufman from Montersville, Pennsylvania. What's up? Shout out. Johnny House. This goes out to you, man. He's also a fan of Butch and Bull and all the other YouTube series and the song Stutter. What's up, Johnny? Shout out to Josh Prouty, and Josh even sent me a picture. He says uh, he's got the yee hat on. You're looking good, Josh. Appreciate you, bro. Nicole Dottie says, um, I'm Nicole, and my birthday is coming up on January 4th, which we just missed, and she wants to get a, a shout-out, and her favorite song is Remington. Thank you, Nicole, and we'll do another one. Uh, but Keegan Woodworth What's up, Keegan, from a small town in Michigan? I appreciate you so much. If you guys ever want to shout out, just same email, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. This is going to be a good episode. We are going to get to some serious stuff and some stupid stuff, too. Welcome to the podcast. Yee yee. Yeah, 
So when I moved to Nashville to be a songwriter in the year 2000, I knew one person, I'll take it back, I knew of one person from a friend in Texas. That's it. That's only that's the only person I even knew of. And it, so it was one degree of separation. Her name was Angela. And that literally came about with one of my friends said, Oh, I know a girl in Nashville. You're moving there? Cool. Her name's Angela. Here's her number. I was like, okay, I'm not going to call this random person. <laughs> so I moved there July 1st, 2000. And I remember that, you know, mom came and helped me move. And, you know, we got a nice, we went out to a restaurant, got like my last hot meal. And then she went back to Texas. And July 2nd came, July 3rd came. And I was like sitting in that apartment by myself. And I was like, all right, where's that number? Where's that girl? You know, so I pulled, I pulled out the, you know, back then we didn't have everything in our phones. So I remember pulling out that we piece didn't of have paper. Phones. Yeah, we Did didn't we? have phones. We didn't have phones. Yeah, <laughs> I pulled out that piece of paper. You know, it says Angela, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, hey, Angela, my name's Granger. I know you through so and so, and I just moved here from Texas. I don't know anybody, and she was like, oh, well, I have some people in my apartment right now. Why don't you come on over? Here's the address. I was like, okay. So I drove over there, and you were there. I was there. They were like, oh, this is Bernie. He's a Texan. And I was like, hey, I'm Granger. And then just instantly, we had this connection. Uh, it was, you know, it started because we were Texans. Right. But. I don't even remember why I was there. Uh, I don't remember my connection, how I got to that house. How did I know Angela? I don't know. Maybe I she you can let us that. know. No. I don't even remember how I got to the house. All I remember is like this like shining Texas star shows up and we couldn't be more different. Yeah. But then Sean got a guitar and you started playing and I was like, dude, that was awesome. And then I started playing very different music, and you were like, dude, that's awesome. And so it was as if everybody else faded away, and me and Granger just became friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we obviously, we don't keep in touch with those other people. Right. But me and you just had this connection, and it has lasted now 20 years, 21 years, 20 years. in July. We're getting old, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. And... That that our relationship has lasted, you know. You moved back to Nat, to Texas in what two thousand three or two three oh two oh two, and then I moved back to Texas in oh four. But we still didn't, you know. Even when we were out of state, we kept in touch. When we moved back to Texas, I moved to College Station, mm -hmm. and you were in Austin. Were you San Marcos? San Marcos. And then, so we were, we still, you're still, now you're in South Austin and mm -hmm. I'm way up in North. Mm -hmm. And so we still don't live close. Right. But we, you know, 21 years later, still yeah. keep in touch. And you're the guy that I will call if there's something big happening in my life or there's a big decision I need to make. I'm like, hey, Burns, I got something for you. 
And the cool thing about what we have, and I'm sure people listening have this kind of relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. but we have that ability to, no matter how much time has gone by, could be eight months have gone by, we haven't even talked. Which has happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then, boom, we get on the phone, and it's like we just saw each other yesterday. Right. We get right back into it. And I always value, you're, you're such a, you're, you're a deep thinker, but... You're also a really good listener, and and I value that, and I value your opinion. And you, through everything I've done, through getting married to having kids to you know career changes, you were involved in those decisions, whether you know it or not. Sure. Whether you just listened to me, and then we hung up, and I was like, Bernie was right. You didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> but the way that you listen uh, would convince me either I'm right or I'm not seeing this clearly. Sure. I mean, I can say the same thing about you. And what's cool is that I think um, we're probably saying back and forth things that we both know, but sometimes hearing it from the other person and it just kind of like sits a little bit differently. It's affirmation of everything that you're kind of feeling. And, and yeah, I, I hope that there's people out there that have a friend like that. Yeah. Um, I think part of that um, ability to immediately kind of like just get back on track is um, the willingness to be kind of real with each other and the depth that has been in the relationship. Uh, because if our relationship was, uh, if any of your friendships or relationships are based on like surface things, then when those surface things change and you get back together, it's like, oh, well, you don't do this anymore and there's nothing but um it's it's been a strange ride with you man like there's been so many strange times that um you've called me and said hey i'm i'm thinking about doing this i'm like dude i'm doing that yeah and like hey i haven't talked to you like over 10 times that's happened yeah big life decisions that i'm really deliberating on and i'll call you for some advice and you're going to be like man I'm actually going through something very similar right now. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I can't, I can't explain that connection we've had. We were together, you know, in the same town at, um, nine 11. So it's interesting with all the, the crazy stuff going on in the world. Now, me and you experienced nine 11 together. And our, part of our response to nine 11 was let's get out of here. Let's get out. Let's run away. Like everybody else. We had watched TV for, you know, 24 hours straight. Yeah. And uh, eventually we just kind of got fed up. And so I think I came over to your house with like some toilet paper and a sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, bro, we got to go. Let's let's get, what are we going to do? We're, we're going. We got to get away from all this. Yeah. And so we set out on foot for what better place than a train track. Train track. So we, we were like, got to go somewhere. Let's just, and, and I mean, we were very young, um, but the idea didn't seem dumb at the time. It felt like the most brilliant thing that we could yeah. come up with. It's like, yeah. of course, we're going to follow these train tracks. They're going to take us somewhere good. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll skip ahead a little bit um, to when it got dark. <laughs> and. Um, for anybody out there that doesn't know much about trains, um, you know, typically they just have like a really big light, you know, on the front of them. 
um, they will sound their horn except for <laughs> when they're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Grange and I, uh, Grizz, so I've called him for a long time. Me and Grizz are out uh, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. We, we've gotten to that destination and we're just still talking and the, the train track is kind of here and there's kind of a ravine down into these fences on either side. And we kind of see this light way in the distance. And uh, we think like, oh, that's we're coming up on something. And we keep coming or keep walking and that thing keeps getting closer to us. And we kind of look at each other like, well, if it was a train, they would be honking their horn, right? <laughs> yeah, like, we right. wouldn't know it's a train. Right. That thing probably gets like... 50 feet in front of us and we now hear the engine and we look at each other like no we jump slide down the ravine in between the fence and the the ravine this thing is what 10 feet from our face 10 feet max i've never been that close to a train before it's so loud. Yeah, it's terrifying. So it's like <laughs> going past us, and we're looking at each other like, ah! But we can't hear. We can't hear each other yelling. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> so then we. That took a lot in. of a little, lot of our confidence out of our uh, yeah our escape. Yeah, we were like maybe following the train track is not the best idea. Yeah. Let's go on to these people's land that's private property. Yeah, that's way and better. Ma- make a camp. So. We jumped jumped through the fence. Jumped through the fence, made a campfire, set up camp with no tent or anything. We had toilet paper. We just had matches. And uh, we had a little snacks, some snacks. Yeah, ate those in like first five minutes. We're like, damn, hungry. Yeah, so that's that's our response to 9 11. And for those of y'all that didn't live through 9 11, it was crazy. I mean, Everyone's looking at the news today, and they're like, "Oh, this is this is great. This is wacky." But when it was a foreign threat, we didn't know why or where they came from, or when they were going to hit us again, or how we were going to retaliate. We didn't know any of those things. That was absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, what's What's crazy is the difference in the response to what's happening now. When we are like attacked by an outside threat, it's like, I don't care what you look like. Yeah. I don't care what you believe. Dude, we yeah. are in this together. We're unified. Yes. And through what we're experiencing now, it's like, man, can we just remember that we're all human? We're all like trying to get through this. We're, you know, together. Um, so I, I hope that somehow that can come out of this is just a reminder of our own, you know, humanity our own similarities that hey we're all just trying to figure this thing out yeah i remember in 9-11 in the aftermath there was these pictures of neighborhoods where every single house had american flag yep. flying out in the by the front door yeah yeah absolutely and and not to say that that stuff is not happening exactly. i mean there's exactly i mean there's a ton of that um and, and maybe one of the biggest differences is the the amount of media that is available and being consumed in the different platforms back then it was like you just turn off your tv and you know you don't have to worry about your phone or social media or all these different things kind of trying to feed you different perspectives and um for better for worse it was like we just turned it off and dude can you imagine if 9-11 it was the social media age of today and there was viral videos of people that were in the buildings 
that were taking video and tweeting it out or sending it out right before they jumped out of the window or, you know, we would have seen things that you can't unsee. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Which is evidence that there's no doubt that social media and the, the, the connectivity of the world now has heightened everyone's fear and alertness. And I, I hear people all the time saying, this is as bad as it's ever been. We're more divided than we've ever been. And I'm like, really? The Civil War? Like, this is more than that? Like, the Revolutionary War? This is yeah. more than that? Yeah. And I'm not arguing against them. I'm just saying, let's just think about the fact that we could see it on our phones now. And yeah, yeah. what would we have seen in the Civil War if people were tweeting out, pictures and images and videos and yeah yeah i mean the things that we have to live with that we've been exposed to the things that our kids will now see from a young age that that we didn't that our parents didn't like um, i think just that exposure changes your mind yeah in different ways and maybe even ways we don't even understand i mean this whole technology thing especially social media, it's all very new. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're the generation that a couple from now, they're going to look at us and be like, man, those idiots did not know how to like yep. handle their technology. Oh yeah. You we'll, know, we'll, we'll be all over the history books <laughs> as the idiots. I know people right now listen to this podcast. Are, there's already been a thousand comments already on what we're talking about. <laughs> well, let me just say first, like, uh, I'm very grateful, uh, that Grizz asked me to be on here. Um, I hope y'all take it easy on me. I'm just an everyday dude. Uh, I don't got all the answers or anything like that. Um, but, um, I'm honored to sit next to my friend and just talk about life and the dumb mistakes that we've made and hopefully other people can learn from them. Yeah. I uh, I brought you on, not just so we could sit here and talk, but so that we could engage with some questions that other people have asked. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason it's you sitting here is because if it was a really tough question I was deliberating with, I would call you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like to think that. If someone doesn't, this this will benefit them because not everyone has the access to burns on their speed dial like I do. Sure. So I, I feel very blessed to have you on the other end of the phone, and I want to be able to get some of these people in your ear also. Yeah. And we could just kind of tackle some of these questions. So if you've followed this podcast before, you know that you could ask me anything at any time, Podcast at gmail.com. Email your questions, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. And um, we'll archive it, can't get to it immediately because there's a lot of them, but we'll we'll get to it eventually. And and if you send something and you don't hear me answer it, don't send it again or don't forward it. God, I'm archiving. Don't worry. It's it's there. Don't worry about that. So, Burns, the, yeah. I, I got um, – I kind of went through this morning and I found this one, this one, this one. You know, and they're really all over the place. Most of them are a little bit of a deep level because the the easy questions I could answer on my own time, but it's, but they're all different subject matters. So you want to jump into it? Yeah, hit me with it. Let's see. Okay. Hey Granger, my name is Stetson Outlaw. Is that your name, bro? That's awesome. Wow. 
My name is Stetson Outlaw. That's the cool. That's one of the coolest <laughs> things I've heard. Okay, dude, you don't need any uh, answers oh, from goes. us, man. Your here, name. He goes. Yes, that's my real name. Wow. I'm a first gen farmer in rural Saskatchewan, and your music is the is the only music allowed to be played in our big green tractors. You and Amber are great people and helped me to be a better father and husband. I have a daughter from a previous relationship, and the mom is trying to do everything in her power to stop my daughter from seeing me by saying, by, by saying I'm too busy or my new wife takes priority and getting to know her half-sister um, that my wife and I had together. My question is, how would I cope and... What would I say to my daughter when the time comes when she asked why I didn't want to see her? She's my savior from a very horrible life, and I want nothing more uh, but uh, having my two girls with me all the time. I really value your wisdom and opinions. You, you two are the most amazing couple and parents. Um, it says he ends it with, observe everything, admire nothing. Stetson. I'm a fan of this guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's got his head in the right place because he's questioning uh, a lot. I think a lot of people let this moment pass them by and when it's too late and the daughter comes to them 20 years later and, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with it then. So he's, you're dealing with it now, Stetson, which is awesome. And it's hard for Bernie and I because we don't know all of the details as far as when the mom is trying to do everything in her power to stop her from seeing you. Mm-hmm. If that means a court order. But my first thought on this is be relentless towards your daughter. Hold nothing back. If if it's a court order, you know, like legally you cannot see her, which that sounds crazy. But if it is, I would start a diary writing a diary to her absolutely yeah dear daughter it's january 2021 yeah i'm doing this 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 i'm thinking about you um you you said she's my savior from a very horrible life just talk about talk to her through this journal and then one day when that day comes if she says where were you dad you go here's these a box of notebooks yep that i've written to you yeah that's really good. Um, let me just affirm one of the things that he said about Granger and Amber. Um, they really are two of the best humans that I can think of. And um, I, I really value everything that he said about me. I, I value and me and my wife, Leslie, and uh, we value them and their life experience, their perspective, just who they are. This is, That's why you guys are emailing them questions Um it's because they're uh, very genuine and authentic. What they believe and what they stand for and what they say, they actually do, and that's very rare. And so I just want to affirm, Stetson, yeah, your questions are coming to a really, really great place. Um, Thanks, And man. so um, I feel as though time will tell the truth. And sometimes it's hard to be patient um, I think like Granger said, if you can be diligent in in your effort, um, that even though it may feel like you're distant now and she may feel that distant now, if you have these, it, 
kids are really intuitive, and I'm not sure how old does he say how old she is. No. Um, kids can sense when there's like genuine effort and like sacrifice mm. of, you know, what I want. I don't care about that. I I just want to be with you. And and also a lot of times when people say things, it's more about them than it is you. So your ex wife and her the whatever she's saying to try to like separate you and keep you guys. Um, I really think it's an opportunity for you to show her some grace and to display that for your daughter, because there's going to come a time that she grows up and you guys are going to talk about this. And for you to be able to discuss just the grace that God gave you to give to her during this time. And that truth eventually kind of came up. Um, I think that that will definitely help, you know, propel that relationship, sustain that relationship, and really just trust in who you are and, and trust in the things that you're doing and that she's going to recognize the the effort. Man, that's great. That's great. Um, I, and I totally agree because, like Bernie said, she's, she's kids are intuitive and that foundation that you build with her now of showing that effort and the fact that you even email you know a podcast to ask this tells me you've spent a lot of time in your green tractor thinking about it and i would just encourage you to continue thinking about it and continue if that is and i think it should be by the way it should be a priority and if if you believe it is then the the effort that you put into it will equal how much it means to you. It should. Anytime someone says they really want something, you, the effort they put into that want proves how much they actually wanted it. That's right. Because yeah. anyone could say, man, I want, a, I want a six-figure job one day. But if you're not putting the effort into it, then you didn't really, really want, want it. it. That's right. Yep. So really want her. Pursue her. Um, there's actually a book, you know, um, uh, Wild of Heart, yep. the, the girl version of that. It's called, um, um, it's written by Eldridge's wife. It's called, uh, okay, you guys are going to have to Google. John, <laughs> I believe his name is John Eldridge Wild. Oh, Captivating. It's called Captivating. And it's about, it's the, it's about raising daughters. And they just want, daughters want to know that they're worthy and they're loved and they're admired and that they're captivating to first starting with their father. They want to know that they can captivate yep. their father. And if you could prove to her that, that she captivates you regardless of the space that's in between you, then she's, she's going to love you in the yeah, end. Absolutely. And there's ways Stetson that, that you could do that. Uh, even from a distance, um, Coming from a broken home, I can attest that if you get creative and you just show that effort like he's talking about, um, she's going to see it. She's going to know the truth. Um, it just kids are kids are better than us at just kind of weeding out, you know, the fake and seeing the, the real thing. Yeah. Best of luck to you, my man. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back.
Very blessed to have sponsors for this video. The first one is Features. This is the most amazing sock I've ever wore. I've advertised Features several times on this podcast. And so it seems like as the months go by and I wear them more and more like I am right now, I find more things I like about them. They just curve to your feet. For me, and I've said this before, but my feet make my day better if they're comfortable and they make my day worse if they're not. So it all starts with your feet. For me, Features does that. Features is a sock that can make a huge difference in your daily walks or hitting the links. I'm not much of a golfer, but um, Feature makes a great sock for golfers specifically. Um, I use it in the gym. I use it working out. I use it running. Their elite golf sock keeps your feet cool, dry, blister-free while providing a custom fit that won't bunch up or slip during your backswing. Features uh, has a, a an engineering with a target compression, anatomical design, and moisture wicking material for unsurpassed performance. It's pretty awesome. I've had conventional socks that you get at your sporting goods store for pretty much my whole life. So this is the first time I've actually had a sock-like features, and it is very, very different inside my boot as I feel it right now. Um, it's easier in my workouts. I feel it's, it just gives a little bit extra cushion. It's like you're wearing a really nice tennis shoe inside of a really nice tennis shoe. And, uh, I appreciate that a lot. Um, the anatomical design conforms to the left and right depending on the foot that you put it on, creating an enhanced custom-like fit that reduces discomfort, prevents blisters, so you could focus on what you're doing at the time. For all of you that can't keep up with the little L and R, L means left, and R, I think, means right. And I try to figure that out every morning when I put on my features. Here's your call to action. Feature socks will change how you feel about socks forever. For listeners of my podcast, the Granger Smith Podcast, you'll receive $10 off your first pair of features when you go to features.com forward slash Granger. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash Granger for $10 off your first pair of features. Podcast is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. How do you choose which inter internet provider you use? The sad thing is, most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like a monopoly in whatever region that they serve. So then the monopoly takes advantage of their customers, data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on and on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data onto the big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all my devices with ExpressVPN. What's ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that all your I your so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity and no one knows exactly what you're doing except you. That's a pretty good idea, right? That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN. It's the best way to hide your online activity. I mean, think of all the stuff you put online, like bank accounts, passwords, stuff you text to your wife. Ugh, you don't want people seeing that stuff. And I don't either. And we shouldn't let anyone else see it. So you got to protect yourself with a VPN. Um, it does all that without slowing down your internet connection. And that's why it's rated number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. Stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. 
Visit expressvpn.com slash Granger. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Granger to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Granger right now to learn more. This podcast is also brought to you by Ritual. Do you really know what's in your multivitamin? Do you even take a multivitamin? You could find sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and highs, and all the ingredients you might find in your normal multivitamin. But Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients nutrients in forms that your body could actually use and not all these crazy, shady, extra stuff. I like to use Ritual because I know that I'm getting just the vitamin that I want in that vitamin. And that sounds crazy, but I don't want to, I don't need coloring. I don't need my vitamin look pretty. I don't need it to taste good, like with sugar. I just need to pop it in, take some water, swallow it, done. And then it does its job. That's what I need. I don't need anything else. That's kind of how I live my life. I don't need all the extra stuff. Just give me what I need and let's move on. That's what Ritual does for me. Ritual is formulated with key nutrients like vitamin D3 to help fill the gaps in your diet. It's fresh tasting delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach. So you could take them with or without food. I have a sensitive stomach. That's actually real important. You know, you're going to get your key nutrients. I've said that every single time I've said nutrients, nutrients. I'm going to get it right. You're going to get your key nutrients thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And it's now available for men, women, teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Um, it, you know what another cool thing is? You don't have to run out to Walgreens to get it to. It's going to come right to your door. They deliver it every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. If you don't love it, within the first month, they'll refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash Granger to start your ritual today. And I am thankful that this podcast could be brought to you by those companies so that then we can take it to Paul and he could edit it and we can get it out and it makes it free for you. I got one comment on the last podcast that said, how am I supposed to believe what you're saying about these ads when you're just reading them off your phone? So I want to say that, you know, most advertisements are read off of a teleprompter of some sort. I don't have a teleprompter. Uh, I don't think it's necessary to set up a teleprompter for this podcast, Uh, but I will read them off my phone to save me from memorizing all the key information that I might not say and forget. And, and I like to keep it all covered. So that being said, I'm blessed to have these companies sponsor the podcast. Thank you for listening to this free podcast for you. And we're going to get right back to it. Yee yee. Switching gears on questions. If you have anything for me, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com and going from parenthood to career slash faith. So the, this is the subject is your faith versus your career. It says, hey, Granger, I'm Daniel from Clemens, North Carolina. My wife and I have been following you for a while and all the content that you create. 
we share the same core doctrines of faith that you've expressed on your shows, Piper MacArthur, and wanted to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, man. Side note, Bernie introduced me to John Piper. Question, how do you balance your faith with being a country music singer when you're appealing to a market where, quote, bad behavior is celebrated and sells? Reason I ask is we listen to a lot of your music with our kids, so unfortunately I end up skipping your channel when other people's songs pop up and the content is below our standards. Thanks again for taking the time to read this and using your platform to share your faith journey. Daniel. So this, and this is a common, a common question. And I heard a guy tell me a long time ago that was a a Christian that sang country music. And he told me that he chose country music over Christian music because he preferred trying to be a light in a dark place. Um, and I'm, man, I, I, I feel like I need to apologize that my music could fall into a category that you don't want your kids to hear uh, other songs from other artists that fall into the same category. But Bernie, you're a good, you're a good guy for this too, because you, you are a singer songwriter musician, even though you're going to say you're not, you're, you've moved on from that. But once you are, you always are. Sure. But you're just in a different, you, you pay the bills with a much different career now. So you could understand the sentiment, but it's, it's not just music. This falls in every career, everything that you, in every career under the sun, you could do it to glorify God Mm -hmm. or you could do it to glorify yourself. Mm -hmm. And, how do you make that distinction with anything that you do? How do you, so you are in construction, you, you, you run a, a, a building company. Mm-hmm. How do you wake up and say, we're going to remodel or build mm-hmm. and we're going to do that to glorify God? Um, great question. Uh, important question. Um, and I think that this can this can cross over into any faith, and this is this really becomes um, a deeper question of like, uh, why do we believe that we exist? Um, I think that our culture can become very label oriented. We feel safe when things have labels. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's a Christian artist. I because it has that name, I understand these qualities about it. Mm. Um. This is a country singer. I understand, you know, with those labels, this guy's a construction worker. This guy is a, you know, a construction company. Um, But I don't feel that's the way that we're created. I don't feel like um, that it's that black and white. Hmm. Um, I could be wrong and perception is reality. I've decided to live my life and encourage others to just always go back to God's word and what it says. And it's never going to say you need to call yourself a Christian artist or a Christian author or a country artist. It's really Or if you're in construction, you only need to build churches in That's right. In or South uh, America. Or if you're a it's 
it's really like the manifestate what we do our work is a manifestation of um, what we're fashioned to do and what is our heart's desire and what's coming out um, and as you know as we experience life and we experience tragedy we experience heartache we experience um, new places and new you know theories of life and those things can start to to shift. Um, they can start to broaden. Hopefully, that's what happens. Is they, you know, they start to to broaden. We see the world for something so much bigger than these tiny little boxes that we've put them in. Um, and there's so much freedom in that. So, like my company, like our um, existential question: Why do you exist? We exist to improve people's lives. Hmm. And I feel like um, that actually lines up with God's word. Okay, so how do we behave? We behave with humility, curiosity, diligence, and confidence. Those are those are not Bible verses, but those are so rooted in God's word. And that those weren't decided just overnight. Those were like many hours of thinking through. Like, okay, what are these behaviors? If this is what we believe and we want people's trust, how do we? How do we do what we say by these behaviors? I, I really think all of us spending more time really understanding what's inside of us, what are we fashioned to do, and trust it. You know, if it, um, if you feel that, you know, God is pushing you to be a rapper in the secular world which there are many, you know, yeah. Christian, very deep, strong believers that are in that, um, there is a reason. And a lot of times we want to like make sense of it, of like, well, why is Granger doing this? And this guy's doing this. It's like some things we don't get to know. We have to just trust that God is moving in them the same way he's moving in us. We're all human trying to figure it out, trying to grow closer to him. And the only thing that this person, you and I, can do is just be still and think about ourselves. What it, What is that inside of us? How is the word in our hearts? And then how does it come out based on the sphere that he has put us in, sphere of influence that he's put us in and the skills that he's fashioned us to do? Um, so good. I, I mean, I, I, uh, this is why I call Bernie when I need some advice, <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's awesome, Daniel. And we, we really focused on your subject line, your faith versus your career. And I, I, I feel like if you were listening to stuff with your kids and, and you're listening to my music and then you think of all the people that didn't have any kind of faith and they accidentally stumbled across something that meant something to them because they were listening to all the other artists and my music by no means is holy, but you could easily listen to uh, Christian music and then find out the guy was cheating on his wife and you go, ah, see, I knew it. Yep. It's just all phony, you know? So you could, you could throw that in any category. It doesn't matter. Um, we're all human. And I, I mean, I think, stripping away those those labels like Bernie said is that is so important that's such a great way to put it and I think that God can use um, like 
just the other day, man, like I was having one of those days at work. I needed to go for a walk. I needed to just like kind of get out. And I put my headphones in and I put on country things. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't know why. Like I just went to that song because there's, there's something in the melody. There's something in the, the, the lyrics. There's something that drew me to a place of like, just exhale. And it was kind of what I needed. So what if that wasn't there? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, uh, again, I think that our minds just are so small compared to like the ways that God can use all of these efforts that we're just, we're just trying to use the gifts that we have and put them out there. And the hope is, is that if you are a believer, that you're taking that through the filter of his word, your life, the propositional truth, the experiential truth, like that these are lining up and then you just sit with it and let it go. Man, there has to be someone out there that's been struggling with that with their own career. Those are great words, Burns. And thank you for, for asking that, Daniel. That's that's awesome. Um, let me switch gears. This is a total switch. And it says... Hey, Granger, this is Becca from Bismarck, North Dakota. My whole family is big fans. My brother Bobby from Bismarck has been to a lot of your concerts and done a lot of meet and greets. My question for you is this. My husband of two years recently discovered he has a sex addiction. Over those two years, uh, there have been two major incidents of infidelity where other people have contacted me telling me what my husband has said to them. Every time I try to confront my husband, he lies until he knows he's been caught. Then he says this is his last time he's going to do it. And just like any other type of addiction, there's a risk of relapsing. I'm 26 years old and wanting to start a family soon. If I stay with him through this addiction, I will have to give up having a family for a few years until we are both in a good place. If I walk away from this marriage, I will lose many more things than just having children for a few years. I need some guidance. I need some perspective on this topic. I love this man, but when but when is enough enough? Man, first that is just really heavy to hear. Sorry you're going through that. Uh, man, yeah. it's it's really really yeah. sad. Um, something like that. I mean, I think I can speak for Granger and I both just to say like I don't know if we have a, an answer to any of these questions and anything that we say is this is based on like what we know and have experienced to this date. Um, and sometimes those things change as we evolve. And so we'll, we're going to think here for a second, give it our our best shot and just try to try to guide you in the right uh, path. Uh, Look at it as if you're calling a friend or inviting a friend over and we're sitting in your living room and we're just chatting. And when we leave, you do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it sounds like uh, this may be above. Um, th- there may need to be some professional help if the, if mm-hmm. he's admitted to having a, an addiction. Um, just having, you know, people in, you know, close to me that have been through, uh, you know, uh, different addictions. There's there's a place where our encouragement and our in support of them um, just isn't uh, the tools that they need. They really need professional help, which is out there. Um, and you know, alongside that, 
I think that there's um, there's something to be said for community and living in community. Uh, I don't know if you are. Obviously, you you didn't mention it, but if you if you are living in community with friends, close friends that that you have and that he has, um, just having his friends kind of speak in to his life and you know hold him accountable, bring him support, encourage him to seek professional help. Um, and then for you, just not feeling like you have to carry the burden all by yourself. I really hope that you have, yeah. you know, somebody in your corner that, uh, you know, that's encouraging you and, and guiding you correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm back on. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're 26 years old. Um, you want to start a family, which is normal. Uh, everything you're saying is I agree with and you, and you're, sounds like you're you're kind of coming at this the right way you're you're definitely right in being majorly concerned you're definitely right in wanting to hold off on starting having kids because right now the last thing you want to do is bring children into this this uh turbulent environment um and the and I probably, I don't know if I would have gone a different direction until you ended it with, I love this man to death, but when, when is enough enough? It, if you hadn't have said you love him to death, you know, this, this could be a little easier. And I also don't know about the ultimative that, that you have given him. Um, and what he knows about you. Like, does he think that you're just someone that just... You're just along for the ride. You're gonna, you're gonna, you love him, so you're gonna be there no matter what. Um, I mean, the Bible does say that that you could divorce him. You're, you're in, you're in perfect order to, to say I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Um, I definitely, I admire you for wanting to hold this together. I wish that this man had the same desire and conviction as you do to hold together, um, a, a, a marriage and you're not perfect. I'm sure you've made mistakes. Same as me. I'm sure you've, uh, I'm sure you, you've done your share, but nothing that you've done, um, warrants what has happened to you and what, what he has done to you and the, the promises that he's broken um, and regardless of addiction, you could talk about, you said, just like many other types of addiction, you could throw that out there, but at the same time, it's, this is about discipline and self-control. Um, he's not hooked on meth, you know, he's not chemically addicted to cocaine. It's different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's different. Yeah. I, I don't think we could just throw it in and go, yeah, he's got, he has a problem. He's mentally addicted to sex. Mm-hmm. We all are at some yeah. level. We're human beings. Like we, we sure. you know, we're like rabbits at some level. We're like rabbits and we have to, <laughs> we have to c- control that. It's called discipline. Yeah. Self-control, Self-control. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if I was with you, Becca, I would probably raise my voice and get upset. Like, and I'm starting to get worked up because, um, because it's just, it's wrong what you're going through. I would hold off. Bernie said the exact right thing at the exact right time. We don't have an answer. We're not going to have, we're not going to say, here's what you do. Step one, step two. Like, we don't have that. I think seek professional help. Um, 
It's going to cost money probably. I know that there's free counseling probably at your church, but if you want something else, it's going to cost money. I think that's a worthy investment to, to pay money for this. And then you tell him, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to seek help from these different places. From We're going to get counsel in our friends that we trust and our family. We're going to get counsel at the church. And then we're going to see a, a paid psychiatrist. And you're going to do, go to these meetings with me. And if you skip any meetings, it could be detrimental. If you, if you wig out in any way in the course of uh, this new plan to get better, then we're going to have to call this marriage off. Yeah. And I don't want to. I love you to death. The last thing I want to do is have a divorce against us in my in my life. I don't want that. But but I can't go on this way. And he needs to say there's only one thing he could say and that's absolutely tell me what to do yeah. and I'll show up at every meeting and I'll work on this. Yeah. Um that's the only way. Yeah, I think also just knowing ahead of time that it's going to be really messy. The path forward um there is hope um I've actually seen marriages restored from this, um, but it's going to be messy. And, um, I would, I would encourage you to, um, make sure you're taking care of yourself and, um, you know, really spending time in the stillness and the quiet and listening to that small voice that will guide us, um, that you, you're surrounding yourself with, um, People that can help you navigate this because you don't don't go at it alone. That would be my biggest yeah. advice. You guys can't go at it alone um, because others will be able to recognize if there is a, a genuine change in his heart that's happening or if it's not. And sometimes when we're in the moment, we can be deceived and think, "Oh, yeah, he said this, and we're doing this." Um, but I, I think just living that thing out in community is is probably uh, yeah probably the best. So good, Beckett. Thank you for being so extremely vulnerable and even including your name and your town and and bringing this to us. This has to be top of mind for you every day. And um, I, I just appreciate your trust and bringing it to a podcast. And it also shows your dedication to it. So best of luck to you, Becca. I think we could I think we could hit one more on this segment. I'll switch gears again. I like to switch gears. Yeah. I like the subject line. It's called The Calling. Okay. Okay, it says, Hey, Granger, I often hear you and Amber, among many others uh, throughout my life, speak of having a calling to do something through Christ. I've belonged to a church since I was a little boy, and even then people stated... They, they were called by Christ to do certain things. My question is, how do you know when you're called to do something? And I'm not even sure I've ever felt that I was called by Christ to do anything. Maybe I have. Maybe I never heard it or I misunderstood it. I am hoping you could answer this question so that myself or someone who wonders the same could listen and then follow through with what they're called to do. I appreciate you doing your podcast and opening it up to your fans and listeners. Best wishes, Sean from Pennsylvania. It's a great question. Great question. Man, this is hard. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be easy, Burns. God, this is hard, man. I didn't say, I didn't, uh, gonna, I didn't bring you in here to, to answer why did I start Earl Dibbles Jr.? <laughs> Where did you, man, you come I from? I know that, I mean, this is like people's lives that I know they are, you know, really listening 
deeply to this, not even the people that put in the questions, but all your, your fans and the people that listen to this and the weight of that, um, with questions that are just like, okay. Um, yeah, call it. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. I love uh, it. I love, it. I, I love really, the question too, Sean. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that I don't really know if you know a calling until you're in the middle of it. I mean, here's, I, I can only speak for my life. And I feel like a lot of times I have not seen it written in the clouds, go do yeah. this. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. An angel um, spoke to you in your dreams. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I, I need to, uh, again, like I'm the biggest advocate of just stillness and listening, uh, uh, quiet and solitude. And I don't, no, if it's a calling as much as just this little nudge in one direction. And I think that God's word gives us, hey, this is what you do. This is your calling, you know, yeah. to to love your neighbor as yourself, to, you know, to give yourself up in all things. Like there, there's these, and I feel like if we're, if that is, as a believer, that's our calling and we live in, and that's our motivation then these career things, and maybe this is tying back to the other questions, like, I think they just kind of happen. At least for me, it's just, I was never intending to do what I'm doing now. Um, and who knows what I'm going to be doing five years from now. I just feel like I've, I've had kind of this core belief of, you know, you know, following God's word, being still, putting others first, loving my community, loving my church, um, and things just kind of happen, and there's kind of a nudge of like, okay, do can we do that? I don't think we can do that, but I kind of feel that nudge, and so maybe that's the calling that he's he's talking yeah. about that little nudge. And what he means is too is that we see other people having examples of very specific written in the cloud stuff. My mm-hmm. mom does that, you know. Mm-hmm. My mom just had she is so faithful. She just has big signs that just happened to her. And I, and I kind of get jealous. I'm like, well, I wish I could have uh, a sign. Yeah. You know, I wish a blue bird would come out of the snow and look at me <laughs> through the window and what, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but man, this is what I, this is my challenge to you, Sean. You wrote this out to me. How do you know when you're called to do something? I'm not sure if I've ever felt called. Maybe I have, and maybe I didn't understand it. I would take that, what you asked me, and go to God with it every day. And you could be, God knows your heart. You know, God knows every thought. He knows your heart. So go to him and just go, hey, God, Sean. And may, Sean, maybe you're, maybe you're not a man of prayer. Or maybe you're wanting to be more. Or, or, or maybe you are a lot. I don't know. But God, what are you calling me to do? Are you calling me to be right here and be in this Today, in my career, in my life, is this what you need me to do? If it is, continue to open those doors so that I could walk through them and I feel confident that I'm flowing with you. And, and if it's not, throw an obstacle out there. Mm-hmm. Make it more difficult. Make me feel like I'm swimming upstream and nothing makes sense and everything is a closed door. And ask him that every day. God, have I missed it? Are you giving it to me? That's what the guys in the Old Testament did. Mm-hmm. That's what David yeah. David would sit there every day and just conversation, this fellowship with God. Just 
God, I, I don't know. I'm confused. God knows you're confused. He yeah. knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. Yeah. God, did I miss it? He knows. He knows all these answers. And he's not going to boom from the clouds. He's not. Yeah. But but he could he could definitely make phone calls happen and make illnesses happen or healed or make I hate to say it, but he could make a car accident happen that gives you an injury that takes you into another career. He can. But if you're aware of what's happening, feel the flow. Feel the feel mm-hmm. the flow. I like to think of it as a stream and you're sometimes you feel like in life you're just going with the stream. You're like, mm-hmm. man, I'm just cruising. And sometimes it feels like you're swimming up it mm-hmm. and nothing makes sense. And everything's mm-hmm. difficult and every paddle gets you back, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And I would, I would do the same thing you asked me on this podcast and ask God that. And I, I would start my day with it. I would think of it when I'm driving and I would end my day with it. If this is something that's truly on your heart. God, what am I called? What are you calling me to do? Me, Sean from Pennsylvania. What what do you need me to do? And the answer may be nothing right now. Right. Stay it, put. It, right it now. may it may be something very different than what you're expecting. Um and again, I feel like um our spiritual journeys can be really counterculture. And so if we're, if this is your heart and you're really, I mean, you're sending emails to Granger. So obviously this is stirring in you. Um, God may not be saying, Hey, your calling is to go build this wall. Yeah. But the calling may be today, go pick up one brick and put it over there. Mm. And are we willing to be faithful to do that? And that's what I was saying. Like, I don't know if you know what the calling is until you're halfway up the wall. It's like, God's building a wall. Yeah, right. And I've been putting these bricks here, not knowing why, for the last yeah. few years. And now I'm kind of getting a glimpse of it. And the crazy thing is, in my life, the time I get to the top of the wall, he's already kind of got me moved on. I don't have any, there's no time to like boast on, look at this calling, look what I did. It's like, Oh no, man! He's got me like chopping up this wood over here. I don't know why, but man, Karate Kid, wax on, wax off. Yep, exactly. You just wax on, wax off, <laughs> and you're like, "What am I doing? This still that, yeah. this feels ridiculous." <laughs> and then one day, you know, karate, <laughs> and you beat Johnny in the championship. That's right, <laughs> man. Sean, great question. Uh, I could we could probably talk about this for an hour, um, but it's so it's so good. Yeah, um, you could go ten years without hearing anything. And that could just be, that's the brick by brick that Bernie's talking about. Or you could you literally get a phone call from your boss tomorrow and say, I'm promoting you. And you go, okay, well, there's it. But, but regardless, just ask him. Bring yep. it to God. Yep. Bring it to him. Over and over and over with it. Yeah. That's and, what he wants. And his word tells us that his grace is sufficient. Mm. So if you never get to see a big wall, you never get a promotion, man, I just feel like I rest all the time in the fact that his grace is all I need. That's sufficient. Dude, I, we got to end it with that. All right. Love you, Burns. You too, man. So much, man. If you want Bernie back, Thanks, Chris. comment here. Bring Bernie back. <laughs> I got a feeling it's going to work. All right. All right. See Thank you, guys. You guys.
Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee. Thank you.